1: It is 6.08 in the Twin Cities, Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock along with studio coordinator Jonathan Lowe on a pretty pleasant, kind of steamy Saturday, but uh, busy downtown. I don't think the Twins are in town, but it looks like there's a couple of concerts, I think, so lots Uh, of people
2: around. It's a busy concert weekend. Um, No, the Twins are not in town, but uh, Billy Joel is here this weekend. Uh, Tonight's big, uh, I think... uh, I can't remember whether he's playing again tonight. I know he played last night. Uh but uh Earth Wind and Fire, I believe, played last night in town. And tonight's big one, I believe, is uh Florida Georgia line with Nelly and the Backstreet Boys.
1: That's big. That is <laughs> That's
2: that big is combining basically twenty years of music if you go right. all the way back to the beginning of Backstreet Boys. Uh, and then tomorrow it's going to be Guns N' Roses. So wow, this is well, yeah. there's a lot of big names.
1: Uh, and and are we're where are, are, do you know if Guns N' Roses? Are they
2: Guns, and, Guns N' Guns Roses going to be at US Bank Stadium? Okay,
1: because I guess Billy Joel brought on Axl Rose at his concert last night. I know I know some people that were Ray. there, and it was yeah, I'm uh, Highway to Hell. So- but they say apparently it was just, it was great.
2: I think that might be appropriate uh, an appropriate song to bring
1: this summer to, bring, to, to this, bring, this town yeah. with all the road construction. Yeah, yes. that.
2: Well, plus the uh, the fact that you're bringing on Axl Rose, who has had a spotty and checkered history with uh, his famous band, uh, <laughs> which would be Guns N' Roses. Uh, right. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I have a, I have a friend, um, one of my oldest friends. Uh, has her her father's name is Axel, and she really thought about naming her child Axel. But this was, you know, Axel Rose. So she was just worried that people would yeah. kind of automatically assume yeah. this child was named after Axel oh Rose. In fact, and I think it's a great
2: name because because I'm betting I'm betting she is in that time frame where Guns and Rose where she was. Maybe a teenager when Guns, Runs and Roses was big.
1: Yeah, I, and 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 certainly saw the aftermath and everything like that. But yes. and, and I was kind, I was kind of like, well, you know, it, it is, and because I do think it's it's a really cool name, and her father is just a, a wonderful man. And I, I said, you know, no one is going to hold it against this child. No, but but <laughs> most, you know.
2: I will say this: most names with an X in it usually have some sort of panache. They have some sort of yeah. flair. Uh, right. Axel, you have X in it. You know. Right. it has got a bit of danger. Right. But, but tonight's concert is over. So, okay, Billy Joel must not be playing tonight because he was over at Target yeah. Field last night. Florida Georgia Line, Nelly, and Backstreet Boys, they're at Target Field tonight.
1: There was a big crowd walking there, and I, yeah. I, I almost went that way, and I said, no, I know somebody's big. And I, was, I couldn't remember which one it was, but there are a lot of people walking that way.
2: Well, think about it. You think about when new kids on the block were touring, and I believe that was with boys to men. Yeah. That's going to – there are a lot of people that right. go back to the late 80s, early 90s, and they're, they've they never stopped loving those bands. It's the same thing with Backstreet Boys. If Sync ever got together with Justin Timberlake and, and the rest of that group, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. there are people out there, and and this is my generation or this is my timeline because I was in high school when these bands came out, when right. Backstreet Boys in sync, Britney Spears, right. Christina Aguilera, and then I was in college when Nelly came around. So this is a, a sweet right. spot time when you got all these people that are around 35 to 40 years old. They, you know, if they got kids, maybe the kids can stay at home. Maybe they got a babysitter. Maybe they their parents. This is a chance to relive right. their childhood,
1: right? And um, you know, it's it's also I have not been to a concert at Target Field, but I bet it's just beautiful there. I mean, it's a beautiful stadium. I mean, if you if
2: you go there and you see all the sight lines for a Twins game, yeah, and then you just sort of you you kind of focus in on just one spot on the field, and then you have you know the big scoreboards out there helping out to, to show the video of. The artist up close, if maybe you're in the yeah. second deck or third deck, um, but yeah, the sight lines have always been beautiful. Beautiful for a Twins game, so it wouldn't be any different for a concert.
1: Yeah, and my friend said that the sound was a little echoey, but I think in any of these big facilities, yeah. it's going to be. But anyway, it,
2: you know, I uh, I've had the uh, honor of, of seeing Billy Joel in concert. I saw him when I was. In I've college.
1: never seen him in concert. I really like him. I he, mean, I'm, I'm a fan. He
2: he was, he came through Iowa State. Um, when I was a sophomore and one of my one of the guys on my dorm floor said, hey, I got uh, tickets to Billy Joel. You want to go? I said, yeah. And so we saw him perform and great concert. But, yeah, in those big arenas, XL, Target, yeah. you know, you don't have the intimacy. It's 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 not very you're not usually going to be very close um, unless you can get down on the <laughs> ground level or get, you know, close up to mortgage to see, your home or <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Uh, unless you can do that, it's you're going to feel a bit of a disconnect because it's a 20, you know, this uh, tonight 40,000 people going to hopefully get into the tar-
1: into target field to see this concert. It's a lot of people. All right. Well, so we got a great show lined up for you this hour. We are going to talk with an advocate for transgender rights about the situation involving uh, transgender military personnel currently serving in uh, our armed forces in light of the president's announcement via Twitter that they could no longer ser- serve. A lot of confusion there. Uh, Nicole Vanderhyde is going to try and help us out with that. Uh, and then after uh, that, the 635, we're going to chat with uh, Derek Meister from the Geek Squad about... Back to school and what you need to know about your kids' technology, what you need to know to keep them safe, what you need to do to keep your wallet safe in terms of the expenditures you make because some of this stuff is awfully expensive. So keep it right here. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk uh, with an advocate for transgender individuals about what happens now with transgender Officers and uh, personnel that are serving in the armed forces. What happens to those who might be in the pipeline, who might just have been recruited? What happens in the future? 617, Esme Murphy with you on News Radio 830 WCCO. Well, it's certainly an understatement to say that there's a lot of news coming out of the Trump administration these days in Washington. Uh, one thing that almost has sort of been overshadowed by everything else is the president announcing this past week on Twitter that transgender individuals could no longer serve in our armed forces. The big question, of course, is what happens to the thousands who already are serving uh, with distinction in our armed services? What happens to those who might be in the process of being recruited and what really does happen in the future? Uh, because this was all coming out on Twitter. It apparently caught the, the generals themselves, the, the people in charge of the armed forces. They were caught by surprise because this is a, a drastic departure from what President Obama, uh, put into place very recently. Nicole Vanderhyde is a former staff sergeant at the U.S. Air Force and uh, she is, and we, I've been told that she is a transgender advocate. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. All right. And That's Nicole, okay. is it okay if I call you Nicole or would you, you prefer to call uh, Sergeant. Uh, no, Nicole. Nicole. Okay, because you're a former sergeant. First of all, tell us tell us your story. Okay. Um.
3: Okay. Well, I um I joined the U.S. Air Force in 2006. Um, and was trained for um several several months. I had a very long tech school as an Arabic language intelligence analyst. Um, I served in uh Iraq for uh. Two thousand nine two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Got out in two thousand
1: twelve, and I transitioned the very next year. So, after after you got out, you trans- transitioned from male to to Nicole, who you are now. Right. Yeah,
3: okay. I was assigned male at birth, and, okay.
1: and now I'm All right, and 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 certainly, um, you, you said you were an Arabic translator. I think I believe that those are considered amongst the most prized individuals to have, what, regardless of gender. Uh, I know that there's a very active attempt to recruit and train younger people in these languages that are so critical uh, to our intelligence and our defense future, uh, and, and as, as well as in terms of you know, uh, the Department of State. So obviously you're somebody who is incredibly skilled. Uh, well,
3: and, and, and that's the thing about when you're, when you're turning away folks who are excited about certain country, who come with lots of talent, uh, you you're you're limiting yourself, you're limiting your force when you're excluding folks to, to be powerful contributors.
1: Right. And and as as I said, I mean I, I just know certainly from law enforcement and, and from the military, uh, I also know from you know the, the diplomatic standpoint, the State Department, they are literally trying to, to recruit they even have camps for high school kids in in some of these federal departments just just to try and get them to train in some of these language, languages including Arabic because the United States doesn't have that kind of proficiency and it sounds like you obviously do. So I, I, I'm i sure you are extremely valued uh, at the Air Force. Uh, the estimates that I've seen of, of transgender uh, men and women who are currently serving in the armed forces, I, I've seen in excess of 10,000. What, what do you think? I mean, do you have any ballpark for what it currently might be?
3: Yeah, it's between two and 3,000 who are serving active duty and 15,000 plus for when you include the garden Reserve.
1: Okay. Um, I assume that you probably have been able to talk to some transgender individuals who are still serving. How are they doing right now?
3: Um just, yeah. Um, there are a number of folks I know who have re-enlisted, uh, taking space in the promise that was made by the Defense Department in 2016 that um, they would receive protection, that they would receive uh, their medically necessary health care treatment, um, and that they would be able to be their authentic selves and continue in the career that they're very proud of, that they're, that they're powerful contributors in, and that um, it's the way of life that they know.
1: In terms of, so you transitioned after you left the military. Can I ask, and, and if this is too personal, um, let me know, did you ever consider transitioning while you were in the military, or was that simply not an option?
3: Um, it's, it was absolutely not an option. When I was in the military, any any cross gender expression had to be done in complete and utter uh, secret. and like, privacy, in my own home because um, at that time, in 2012, when I was still serving, um you could you could be expelled for you know being in public with in cross gender expression if you were suspected of of being trans or or even just um, you know cross dressing or going out in drag, then that would be enough to expel you
1: uh, one some of the things that I've read, some of the articles I've read that I thought were really interesting were from people such as yourself who are either retired um or anonymously you know, still active duty. Uh, or, you know, still working for the military, uh, writing saying, I-, "I just wish the president could meet me and talk to me about why I'm serving." Do you absolutely. F- do you feel that as well? Absolutely, absolutely,
3: I do. I think that I think that a lot of um, the anti-trans backlash that's going on is because folks are ignorant about who trans folks are. Um, they don't understand. That we're just like everybody else. There are people who are under the impression that they haven't met a trans person, but the fact of the matter is that, that we're all over the place. Um, you're bumping into us at the grocery store. We're we're helping you at the DMV. Um, you know that we're for, for you to think that you haven't met us. Yeah, just shows how little you know about us because we're just like everybody else.
1: Yeah, and you know, I and I, I will just relate a, a personal experience. Um, Somebody I, I know and work with very closely uh, and have for many years transitioned and at first I think myself and um, others were sort of taken aback and weren't sure what we should do and were upset that we didn't have the right pronoun and, and we thought this is just going to be really strange. And you know something – it's not. It, it, it was different at first um, mm-hmm. because I had never known somebody – or closely uh, that it transitioned but then i thought you know something this person is still the same person and they're still doing exactly what they were doing and we're still working together in the same way and you know it's just it's just not and i was sharing this with somebody else that, that we work with you know it's really not a big deal because they're they're still they're still the same person they just have a different name and a different right. gender
3: absolutely i mean we it, it's it's not like we turn into completely different people, you know. We still have the same hobbies, we still have the same interests, we still have the same passion, we still have the same dreams and hopes that we did before transition. Um, we're you just we're just your neighbors and your friends and family. Right.
1: I, I just I just remember thinking, well, what does this mean? And uh, you know, I was kind of caught off guard, and so I think a lot of people are. Um, in terms of have you gotten sort of what is the latest? Because I, I, I've been looking, has there been any clarification given? to what happens if you are trans and, and working for the military?
3: So that's the interesting thing is that even the white house can't, can answer those questions. When, when folks were asking the Pentagon, um, for clarification on this issue, the Pentagon, uh, referred all questions to the white house and said that, you know, they would take no action until they received the directive, um, which hasn't come down. All that, all that we've seen of this is three tweets from, uh, Donald Trump. Um, so, they, and even the White House, when they asked Sarah Huckabee Sanders um, for clarification about folks who are currently serving, folks who are in, who are in the pipeline to become um, officers and enlisted, um, she, had, she had no answers on that. So, this, is, this just goes to show you, um, this is just another instance of, of this administration being quick, quick to run their mouths and, and, and slow to actually focus on developing sound, um, well-thought-out policies.
1: Uh, chatting with Nicole Vanderhyde, she's a former staff sergeant at the U.S. Air Force. Uh, she transitioned after she left um, the service uh, after serving for uh, what seven years? You said I was in for six. Yeah, six years. Uh, one of the things, one of the issues I've heard people say, is that the reason that that the president's policy should be put into place is that people will join the armed forces. And then asked to go through the medical transitions, you know, the, you know whether it's surgery or hormone therapy. In other words, taxpayers would foot the bill for the transition, uh, and that would be very expensive. What do you think about that?
3: Okay. Well, first of all, um, transition is not when when you look at medically necessary procedures, uh, gender transition is is not highly ranked. It's relatively inexpensive. Um, for an individual to uh, transition, I think it costs half the price of a knee replacement or something like that.
1: Half the price um, of? I'm sorry, a what?
3: Of a knee replacement. Okay. Um, and and the military spends more money on Viagra than it would spend on transition related healthcare. So 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 the money issue is it's it's unfounded. Um,
1: and and where, where does where does that figure come from? Because I hadn't heard that.
3: The Viagra. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was I. Th- I caught that on I think it was Business Insider. Okay, yeah.
1: So you're you're um, you're saying that, that it really wouldn't be that that much.
3: No, not at all. Not at all. And and, and 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 here's the thing about here's the thing about when you're talking about cutting one demographic medically necessary health care, um, you, you have you're you're walking a, a line right up against you know clear and blatant discrimination. I mean, why? What is what is one demographic medically necessary health care? Um, why why is why is that demographic less important than other folks who need health care? I mean, why don't why don't we just you know cut out folks who, who need ritalin from the military because that would save us money, wouldn't it?
1: Well, I, there there are a lot of you know I guess I think that there are a lot of people with certain. Um... Illnesses that I assume probably can't get into the military. Certainly, that that used to be the case. Um, in terms of, um, and, and you, you, you're you're obviously um, no longer in the in the military. Are you sort of actively involved? Is there a network of, of of advocates such as yourself that are kind of working on this? Or I mean, I assume you probably have a. a, a separate job now and, and do that, but it sounds like there, there are people who are stepping up to, you know, come on shows like this and, and answer these kinds of questions, which is very illuminating and, and very helpful. But what kind of a network is responding to this?
3: Well, I mean, it's, it's an ad hoc network, that's for sure. I mean, it's, I I know a number of trans folks who are veterans through, my, through the Minneapolis VA. Um, so we've got a very small network, but it's not
1: like, I mean... And are you still here in Minnesota?
3: Yes, I am. I live in St. Paul. Okay. Um, so it's, it's not like there's there's an expansive, you know, well-coordinated campaign here. It's just anonymous individuals who, you know, are living our lives. I have a 9-to-5 job. I, you know, I volunteer um, on the Board of Directors of Transforming Families as a nonprofit that supports trans youth. Um, and And I'm just a single mom trying to, you know, take care of me and my kids and, and my community and let people
1: know who I am and what I'm about. I, I will say that, that you know, when the president put this out there on Twitter, apparently he gave, you know, I think one of the top you know, generals had less than 24 hours of notice. Many others did had almost no notice. There actually has been a backlash against this, against this proposal of his from Republicans. This This is not, been you know roundly applauded at all? Uh, is, is that encouraging to you?
3: Uh, yeah, I think I think it shows that um, diversity is a key a value in uh, both you know conservative and liberal circles. Um, folks realize that the more heads there are at the table, the better off we'll be. And um, and it's not like this is a controversial you know, I mean, I know socially it's controversial, but this this issue of integrating transgender individuals in the military has been studied for years. The Pentagon has poured, has poured a lot of money into the research on this. Um, and it this is this was not some impromptu um, measure taken by the Obama administration. This was well thought out, well well researched and and all of the studies that were conducted showed that there's no sound reason why trans folks ought to be excluded from the military. So I think that Republicans acknowledge that if there are patriotic Americans who want to put their lives at risk for the fellow citizens, then who who is anybody to stand in the way at that?
1: All right. And what what is the name of your organization again, Nicole? Transforming Families. Minnesota. Transforming Families, okay. Well, and I think I think, you know, going back to the first thing that you talked about, um, you know the fact, just hearing your expertise in, in Arabic. I mean, you you' such a policy wouldn't affect rule out people who have skills and talents that that could be of aid to our nation. And well,
3: that's the that's very thing. Is, is you know, I've I've considered uh, joining the Board of the Reserve. Um, there are a number of factors that make me hesitant, including this past election, um, but. You know, I've got years of experience, I've got years of training, I've got valuable skills that I'd be able to contribute to our armed forces today, but um, it's actions like this that are um, undermining that investment that the military made in me to continue to contribute to um, our armed forces.
1: All right. Well, Nicole Vanderheide, um, a former staff sergeant with the U.S. Air Force, thank you so much. I mean, really, really fascinating information, and I appreciate your sharing your own personal background with this because I think that's the kind of thing that uh, I think makes people really think about this issue and um, you know may, maybe wonder if, if what, what really is the right thing if they, they are in fact uh, supporters of, of the president on this. Uh, so thank you so much. I really appreciate your coming on and your time this evening. Thank you, Esme. Okay, take care. All Thanks. right, Nicole Vanderhyde, fascinating. Um, really interesting perspective from her and I appreciate her time this evening. Oh, well, we do have to take a break want to give you some of the uh, weather. Right now, it's pretty nice. I can tell you that, but we'll get you some more details than that. And then when we come back, um, we're going to talk with uh, Derek Meister from the Geek Squad about uh, going back to school, the shopping list when it comes to technology. Because even when the kids are like in third grade, it seems like there's an iPad or, or something they need that, that's a lot more sophisticated than you and I certainly ever had, so we're going to get some advice from him, as well as advice, you know, on, on what's too much for, for kids at certain ages, and you know what you should do, what you should avoid, limits you can put on your kids, um, because that's a problem as well. So keep it here. We have much more ahead. You're listening to News Radio eight three zero WCCO.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play dot it.
1: Well, it's. Just about almost that time of year, that time of year the parents love and the kids hate. Back to school. And if you go into the uh, stores, they're already pushing it. The back to school, back to school, back to school. Go to Target, back to school displays. Certainly Best Buy, Office Max.
2: Before, before we move on with this, I don't sense as much joy in your voice as you've had in previous years. Well, I am. I,
1: Well, I, you know, actually one of my kids is going to be a senior. So I'm just like a little nervous about the whole college thing to be, to be really honest with you. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, it's sort of been a fun summer just kind of spending some time with them and enjoying it. And there are a lot of pressures at school. So I guess I'm just as they get a little older here and they're supposed to still in high school. But one of the problems is, you know, it's, it gets expensive. It's expensive now. Even these little kids, I mean, elementary school kids, and sometimes, most of the times, these tablets are, that they're being given are, are being assigned by the school. Usually it's not something that the, um, parent has to purchase, but, you know, there are purchases, like even the, you know, the calculators. I mean, my calculator used to be $10, suddenly the one they need is like $100. But, you know, at some point, the family, most families, you know, break down and, and have to get at least, you know, a, a computer or a couple of computers because the homework oftentimes needs to be done on that kind of, uh, you know, a, a laptop. And certainly when kids go off to college, it's, it's almost expected. And, you know, a lot of questions about that, um, a lot of questions about convenience, its expense. Uh, also, you know, you've got kids now walking around these, co- these campuses with, you know a few thousand dollars worth of stuff i mean you know between the the smartphone the headphones the calculator and the laptop i mean that's a lot that they're walking around with and certainly um you know i think puts them at risk so there are there are a lot of questions involved and then you want to make sure you're getting the right stuff you want to make sure everything's backed up so many questions. Well, the Geek Squad is actually organizing an event at Hamlin University on August 1st, 1st just about this whole issue because it is – it's big and it's expensive and you, you want to get it right. Uh, Derek Meister uh, is a Geek Squad agent with Best Buy's Geek Squad online support team. Uh, Derek, am I saying your name correctly, your last name?
4: Yep, that's absolutely
1: correct. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> now, I know, I know that, that you guys are, are kind of uh, going to be in a dorm room on Tuesday, August 1st uh, at Hamlin. Is that for the public or is that just kind of your expertise kind of all pooled together to give out interviews for the media?
4: Um, as far as I understand, it's a little bit of uh, both on that. Um, it, we definitely want to make sure that we're getting out there talking about the uh, the, the back to school stuff. Just like you said, you know, it's it's uh, for a lot of people. It's uh, back to school shopping is starting a lot sooner. Used to be August, used to be the time, but now we're seeing a full third of our shoppers are are telling us that they they plan to start earlier every year. So that's really why we want to make sure that we're getting out there talking about this stuff as early as possible.
1: All right. In terms of, um, are, are you? I mean, are, is, obviously you're at Hamlin University, so you know it's college kids. But I mean, I've got high school kids, mm-hmm. and um, they certainly are using computers for their oh, yeah. work.
4: Absolutely. And, and, and kind of like uh, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, technology is really important for that uh, kindergarten through 12th grade these days. And uh, especially just for the fact that you are, in, in a lot of ways, it's an investment to, to get them trained on that technology that they're absolutely going to have to know how to use as soon as they get out of college or, or get directly into, you know, a job after high school. Um, these days, it's, it's just like, you know, once upon a time, it, w- it was learning how to read. Now you have to be able to, t- to type, search, connect, um, manipulate files. But essentially, that, that, that very basic computer technology um, knowledge that you need to, to really survive in today's jobs.
1: Are, are most kids, do you think, getting that in high school?
4: Well, that's one of those things, just like anything else, uh, you know, when you're dealing with uh, the the, um, the education that your kids, it's something we, we encourage our, our parents to, to get involved with, find out, you know, what their kids are actually receiving uh, tech-wise uh, and technology through their schools, um, as well as, you know, just uh, supplementing that on the side. Um, one of the things I'm sure you've seen is that uh, Geek Squad offers uh, various Summer academies throughout the year to kind of bring that that uh, technology out to underserved teens around the country, as well as our teen tech centers, uh, kind of get that 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 knowledge and that's going to help them get with their future careers with all of that technology that's out there.
1: Absolutely, and and that's so important because that kind of a gap uh, is something sure. that that needs to be addressed. And I think Geek Squad Geek Squad does a wonderful job, and Best Buy does a wonderful job attempting to do that. Let me ask you. What what are some of the common things that come up um, when it comes to students, when it comes to back to school, or when it comes to sort of the crises that that can you know suddenly occur when, when people come running to people like you? Um, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the basic issues from back to school? I assume some of it may have to do with just shopping right now.
4: Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, like we said, they, you know, more people are shopping uh, earlier, they're shopping longer, and they're, they're spending more as they, they go out to, to make sure that their kids are prepared. Um, electronics right now, uh, you know, for, uh, the college-bound, uh, like your kids, um uh, 61% of them, the, the number one thing that they're looking for is a laptop computer. Um, you know, they're also looking for tablets, accessories like, uh, you know, your mouse, your flash drive, your charger. People are looking for calculators, like you said, that's kind of still kind of surprises people why they're, you know, the, a little bit, uh, everybody thinks, well, why, why doesn't my kid uh, be able to use their smartphone? A lot of that has to do with standardized testing. They want to make sure that you have a very specific calculator, it's not able to record things or be used cheating, um, and, and it's something that that way they make sure that you don't have to have a teacher having to know 18 different smartphones when they're trying to, you know, help their class right. go through uh, math equations.
1: Right. In terms of, um, you know, a laptop, um, Mm -hmm. I I, I assume assume probably people also come to use about upgrading a laptop and and that kind of thing. Can you give us sort of some advice here? If you've got an older laptop, will that work? What won't it work for? Mm -hmm. Um, That that kind of basics.
4: Um, Well, one of the very first things you're going to want to do is make sure you're going to check both the the software and the hardware on that, uh, on whether or not it's going to support what you need. Um, for uh, kids that are going off to college or even for high school, but uh, more importantly with college, I always recommend to kind of get in touch with the college and, and their ResNet and, and their uh, student IT support.
1: See I, I, I don't even know what a ResNet is. <laughs> that,
4: that, that, that's basically kind of the, uh, the equivalent of RAs for the dorm. That's the equivalent of ResNet for Advisors. the internet. Yep, for, for the internet. So those are it's the 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 student. There
1: there are now so instead help. of resident advisors yeah. there are actually resident resnets.
4: Yes, basically you have res, resident advisors for the dorm. These are the uh, uh, resnet is the equivalent of that for the school's internet and and technology. So okay, so absolutely uh, something to to find out from them.
1: So and and, and you're with, saying just about every school like if you're going to go to let's say Hamlin, Hamlin probably mm-hmm. has or Resnet or somebody who can, yep. you can say, "Hey, listen, I, I want to make sure my kids in good shape. Um, what kind of laptop? What kind of technology do they need?" Or, you know, what- yeah,
4: you want you want to talk with them about the minimum requirements uh, to get onto the the school's network. Obviously, you don't okay. want to be coming in there with something that doesn't even connect or has a problem. Um, I also specifically for college students recommend, but you know, getting a little bit more information from. Uh, the department that oversees your the the individual degree that you're looking for just because there's obviously going to be different needs for different degrees a, a art student is going to have completely different needs than say a business major you know the the, the kind of work that they're going to do what kind of you know compatible systems are they going to need uh, that sort of thing so that's a great way for you know new students you know the, the their first year kind of get a feel for that in a lot of cases right. uh, we have a lot of students who not quite sure what they're they're going to decide on sometimes they go through their entire four years and at the last moment decide what degree right. so you, they look for just a more of a, a generic computer that can that's all around good and of course even be, before all of that you know our geek squad agents are at every uh, best buy and you can actually do some online research on on our bestbuy.com website we actually have a student uh, uh student hub you go to bestbuy.com, search student deals. You can sign up for an account. Um, you'll see on there that right now we're uh, offering savings of up to $150 on select computers, but students can actually save an additional $100 after they've actually signed up for an account on there. So absolutely wow, okay. feel free to visit us for that that additional research.
1: Right. And I think, I think you know, your advice about if you've got mm-hmm. a specific major sure. um, asking, and I guess it makes total sense that, that now – you know, colleges would have somebody who's in charge of, <laughs> you know, uh, tech, but say, because I, I would think that if somebody's going to be a design major um, yeah, absolutely. Or, or perhaps somebody who's going to do um, maybe film, they might want to go towards a Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's absolutely you know, That's a great Just point being from my TV mm-hmm. background, whereas <laughs> the other might be. Um, might be different. Um, and, and so I think that's excellent advice as well. Um, we have to take a quick break here and, and uh, start chatting with Derek Meister from the Geek Squad about uh, the event that they're having on, at August 1st um, at Hamlin University. And can they get more information about that event on your website?
4: Uh, right now, they, they probably want to visit uh, our, uh, our corporate uh, blog at corporate.bestbuy.com for more information. Um, and, of course, you can always contact your local Best Buy for more information about events that are going on in your area. Okay.
1: I, I would like to to, to take – we do need to take a quick break. But, Derek, I'd like to – when we come back, I'd like to ask you quickly how to prevent the computer crisis for your kid or your teenager or your student um, in terms of backups and that kind of thing. All right. So right now it is 648, the McCarthy Auto World time. The no-hail side is going on now at McCarthy Auto World, save up to 20% on select Buick and GMCs, and that's the no-hail sale. Uh, folks, keep it here. We're going to take a quick break. It is 6.50 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock, chatting with Derek Meister of the Geek Squad about what you need to know for back-to-school shopping when it comes to computers, the tech side. Um, Derek, let me ask you quickly, what are some of the um, things that people – all right, people come to you either to, to purchase something or else I'm mm-hmm. sure they come to you in a crisis stage <laughs> um, <laughs> saying desperately, probably having lost mm-hmm. something or the computer has crashed. What advice do you have for students? Well,
4: one of the very first things, just because your your students are going to be generating a lot of documents, a lot of videos, depending on what their major is, a lot of information that they're going to need is, is – backup. I I always like to to say that there's really three rules to computer happiness and that's backup, backup, backup. You want to make sure that you're backing that data up to either an external hard drive uh, or an online cloud service. Um, That way that information is protected in case something not just physically happens to your computer, like say they accidentally leave the laptop at the library and it gets stolen, but also say something happens to the computer, you know, the hard drive crashes, uh, the, uh, grape, um, grape juice gets hunt. spilled yep. on yep.
1: it. Yep.
4: Absolutely. It's happened and in our
1: house. <laughs> grape juice. <laughs> Cause
4: really that, that data, that personal data, whether it's your photos, your documents, your music, whatever, that's really the most, the most valuable thing on that computer programs can be reloaded. The computer can be replaced, but that data, once it's lost, it's really hard to get it back. So be proactive on that and make sure that you have a backup plan. And of course, if you're not sure about, you know, protecting that data, Visit us at uh, uh, visit us in the stores, talk to our Geek Squad agents, visit us online uh, at geeksquad.com. We're more than happy to, to kind of give you some tips and help and, and get you on that right path for backing and protecting that data.
1: Because certainly, I mean, obviously that personal, you know, mm-hmm. all, all that is difficult to lose, but if, if you lose the sure. school paper you've been working yep. on Absolutely. for three months, I mean, you're you're, you're in trouble. And, and know, that's
4: no, nothing more heart-wrenching than having somebody, uh, you know, uh, connect to our agent that... Three in the morning. That twenty-seven uh, page dissertation is corrupted uh, due to a virus. And you know, we we can, we can do our best on that. You just can't always guarantee that once that data is lost, that it can be recovered. So, just like you said, be proactive on this.
1: Now, a lot of kids end up being exposed. I think I think Apple's been very savvy in mm-hmm. getting getting their products into schools, even for, you know for very young children. Uh, cool. And so, you know, a lot of kids, I think, are getting used to apples. Where I think a lot of, a lot of other people, older people, probably have PCs. Is there any way you lean, or does it depend on the on the process, or what are your thoughts?
4: Well, in terms of uh, the the technology that's out there, obviously, it's going to depend on the school and and what uh, tracks they want to take on that. Uh, a lot of people have Windows computers at home just because that's what they're used to at work. So. Fortunately, a lot of parents, uh, you know, the kids do get exposure to Windows through that. Um, one of the other things that interesting things that we are seeing for, you know, the, the younger kids out there that K through 12 is the use of, uh, Chromebooks. These are very inexpensive laptops, very, what they call very thin. In other words, they, they have very little software other than essentially a web browser. So they're a lot more resilient against the things that kids can do going on online and surfing to the websites they shouldn't. Uh, they're very resilient against viruses. Pretty much what happens is that if something goes wrong, you literally just reset it and it comes back up uh, with that. So
1: and can you store things on a cloud or
4: you, you, you can use uh, the the Google Cloud services. It, it is actually desi- almost everything it's really designed, uh, just like you say to do everything in the cloud. So you're accessing websites uh, to do your work. Um, you know these days you can do just about anything on the internet. Things are kept on servers. And that's a, that's a great thing as well, just because, again, if something happens to the computer, you don't have to worry about that. Your data is safe up there on the cloud. It's protected. Um, generally, you're going to have uh, uh, people that are, you know, more, more invested in actually protecting that data than your, your teenage uh, son or daughter might be. Um, and, and then that way, it's, again, it's a very inexpensive device. Uh, great computer for if you have multiple kids and you just want to give them something so that they can get online. Um, and, and uh, uh, do their work that way versus getting a, mo- a full
1: computer on that. And how much do the Google Chromebooks run? Um, they, they, they
4: range just depending on, on the kind of specs that you want, but it's, it, you can very easily find a entry-level one for about 199 That's Again, kidding. very inexpensive, great little device. Um, I use one personally uh, a lot of times just because it's so cheap and, it's, and generally they are smaller and lighter. Um, that is a great computer just for getting online, doing whatever I need to do. You can even edit documents with uh, Google Docs and other websites. Um, even Microsoft has their Office Suite designed as a website that you can access, uh, through the, uh, the Chromebook. So again, a really great investment. Other things though, we do have other uh, laptops on there for people that are going to need a little bit more involved, uh, you know, with the, uh, with things like Windows, Office just like you said editing videos that sort of thing and again regardless of what you want to look at whether it's a Chromebook a MacBook a uh, Windows computer again we are having those sales right now and students can get that extra $100 off a, a lot of these
1: select laptops and and that website again it's it's the it's the Geek Squad part of the Best Buy website right
4: um for the for the student deals just visit bestbuy.com and in the search box just put in student deals that'll take you to our student hub you can see all the current uh, savings, and then sign up for those deals with uh, your uh, uh, your student email address. We send all the, the discounts to you directly, and it kind of helps you get on. And awesome. It's not just for computers; great. it's everything that you're going to need for your dorm.
1: Well, Darren like Meister, your, thank you so much. I got to cut you off. Then great sure. advice. Keep it here, folks <laughs> listening to News Radio eight three zero WCCO.